Hey, Joe. Hey, Jordan. How's it going? Why did the cow go to church? Why did the cow go to church? Because the worship experience was moving. <laughs> Welcome to the Sacred Cow Podcast, your trusted source for the burning down of sacred cows uh, and a, an intellectual conversation that may or may not be beneficial to you. Well, semi-intellectual. A semi-intellectual conversation that may or may not be beneficial to you. Uh, that, was, uh, that was a pretty good joke. I like that one. Don't patronize me. I had to think about it for a second. <laughs> is this one of those instances where you just got lost because it was too long i keep getting lost in your eyes that's my issue <laughs> okay yeah. cool i just i lock eyes from you with you across the table and i just completely lose my train of thought every do you, time. do you want me to go again do i need to do no, i need no, to no, say no, the no. same joke no. or a different no, joke no, no, again no, no. we're good okay cool we're good hey we're talking about music and worship today are, in christian culture which is a fun exciting topic i'm excited yeah i'm pumped do i sound pumped you know, do, <laughs> do pe- i look pumped people did we talk about this before people constantly come to me and are like oh i can never tell how you're feeling yeah i feel like i need it, it puts pressure i feel like i need to be more energetic but even when i am energetic people are like i don't know if you're being serious or not so yeah. it's like i i lose you're just a stoic guy you think gonna have to do you really think so do you think i'm stoic um, I think your personality is pretty stoic. I see. What does that mean? I think you uh, I get, what don't do you tend to show a ton of emotion really? constantly. You think that? Yeah. I think you do. Like, I think you're like, I think you're just like natu- not naturally inclined towards it. Like, you're kind of a more <laughs> chill. I think you're just kind of a more chill person. Uh, this... Joe, you're emotionally devoid. <laughs> you're emotionally stunted. You're distant <laughs> from people, and you need to work better at being more emotional. Actual conversations I've had. With who? People. Oh. You want me to out people on the podcast? <laughs> Just random people. With who? <laughs> people on the street come up to me names. and say that I need to put more emotion in my everyday life. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's... That's really weird. That doesn't, that's, uh, this is great radio. That's weird that that happens to you. Tell me more about how that happens to you. I was just kidding. Give me it's not, names. It's not people on the street, but I'm yeah. not going to like give you names. It's dumb. Yeah. It actually doesn't bother me. That's just much. It's, it's, I just think and feel things. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy to me that, you know, you have this whole inner thought life and it's like you, think that you're one way and but people perceive you completely differently yeah and i think certain people are just like very energetic and outgoing and constantly wear their emotions on their sleeves yeah. and everybody is like a spectrum between that and completely like not emotional at all and i think you land farther to the more non-emotional side of that spectrum than most people everything's do. a freaking spectrum why can't i just be or not be jordan wow i can't believe you just said that <laughs> in 20 the year of our lord 2023 we're talking about worship today yeah so in music which yeah. i love i love music uh no i'm I the wish, one person on the planet who doesn't love music well i i think i it's one of those things where like it's one of my favorite things in the world, and um, I honestly wish it was a bigger part of my life than than it is. Like when I playing was, music, or uh, I guess both, or just in general. When I was young, uh, I wanted to to be a rock star. That was like my Who my kid dream, you know. And then I just like never actually learned music or did anything to like bring about that dream. Dang. But well, you realize that you're not old. That's true. I can start now. <laughs> Thanks for the reassurance. You Joe. could just like learn music right now. Yeah. I think. What are you uh, doing right now? <laughs> making a podcast, I thought. Hopefully. Uh, yeah. It's just one of those things where I, I'm like, man, I should. I wish I could. I should make this like a bigger part of my life, which maybe I will. Maybe that's uh, 
maybe that's something I should definitely do. So yeah. thank you, uh, Mr. Pastor, for preaching <laughs> to me right now. Um, um, all that to say, I I love music. I grew up listening to music constantly, just like all day, every day. So uh, I'm super excited day. for this topic. Yeah, I I mean, I had a similar experience. I liked music a lot, still like music a lot, uh, and listen to just when I say anything and everything, I don't mean like when most people say anything and everything, like as a general statement, like I would try to like, like pull and stretch my music tastes. So I literally listen to stuff all the time, like whole albums. You know how people would like listen to like, you go, you look for a new artist, you listen to like their top three songs. Mm -hmm. I would listen to like a couple of albums, like straight through. Yeah. to be able to determine if I liked it or not mm-hmm. and if it was going to stay around. And I would listen to anything and everything until I got a little bit older and what's your what's, what taste was. What's your biggest uh, like music guilty pleasure? <laughs> like what artist or band do you love that you are embarrassed <laughs> to tell people you love? I think if you're going to ask personal questions like that, you should go first. <laughs> okay. Um, I have a lot. I have a lot. Because I also... Uh, listen to everything there's only I've only encountered one genre so far where I actually do not like a single song I've ever heard in this genre and that's just bluegrass really I know if there are any southerners listening I know that like breaks their heart uh because they they care what this 25 year old thinks but yeah I just (laughs) I just (laughs) can't get into bluegrass um but besides that like I have liked stuff from pretty much every genre for um guilty pleasure music uh i was super you can't say was uh is i i want to know about your guilty pleasures now okay i'll I'll give you both (laughs) i was super into this band growing up and i still like enjoy them decently enough my chemical romance i will no my i am (laughs) unapologetically a my chemical romance (laughs) fan i love that band uh no it was uh hollywood undead oof yeah big oof yeah yeah that's i was a huge fan i've kind i've grown out of it a lot i think but i'll still like they still have some bangers i'll still throw them on i was actually unironically i met one of our mutual friends Mm -hmm. the mutual friend that introduced us the first time i ever met him he was listening to hollywood undead really yeah and i had like a whole phase where i was like also kind of like listening to it i was like do i like this yeah i like the energy behind it Mm -hmm. but obviously it's like terrible music and it's not like uplifting or like yeah i would only (laughs) you go to dark places right (laughs) but for a time in high school yeah uh so they're they're big i'm trying to think of other ones um I love Carrie Underwood, but who doesn't? Am I right? I don't care for Carrie so, Underwood. You are not a man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, well, I'm yeah, going to tell think, you what my guilty pleasure is. Please, <laughs> please. Uh, I have like I don't really. I had so many guilty pleasures in mm-hmm. like high school. Mm-hmm. Like there's too many to count. Like my first album that I bought was a Three Doors Down album, nice. The Better Life. That one album that had Kryptonite on it, and then yeah. after that, I owned every single Three Doors Down album forever. Yeah, for which there are many. Um. So, but I was like all over the place with that. Like mm-hmm. any, anything and everything. If I liked it, like every Three Days yeah. Grace album, which I I don't care for any of these groups really anymore. Yeah, because music taste not rocking with Three Days Grace. Uh, no, I think yeah. it's pretty try hardy mm. i just don't have that energy anymore it appealed yeah. to like angsty young joe and you have no angst left i have very very little <laughs> angst towards things that don't impact my daily life yeah yeah that's fair and i can only take so much of things that i don't relate to at all mm-hmm. so there is an interesting thing that happens when you like graduate from college and have a job and everything and you're you like listen to the music that you listen to when you were a teenager and you're yeah. like oh Dude, like, don't get me wrong. Some of the music I listen to when I'm a teenager is still like slaps. Still slaps yeah. yeah, but Absolutely. like ha- specifically graduating college, getting married, and you know having a kid. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my gosh! Like having to you you go through this process of like rethinking things that you've held on to in your life and never thought about before. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But like, I've always been super critical of my music tastes. I'm sorry, I interrupted your sentence. What were you going to say? 
Uh, I don't remember. Nice. So it wasn't important. Classic. Anyway, yeah. my biggest guilty pleasure now okay. is Adele. Guilty. Really? I love yeah. Adele. And I won't apologize That's, for it. You know, uh I won't even uh I won't even make fun of you for that because she is uh really good. It's so I good. <laughs> I don't Adele is an artist that like I appreciate her skill. Like obviously she is a amazing musician. I just don't personally jive with her music all that much. It just I goes think. so hard, man. Yeah. I can't <laughs> I can't yeah. help it. Oh, uh I guess now Ed Sheeran. I love Ed Sheeran, and I didn't know that was like a hot take until I found out that there are so many people who hate Ed Sheeran and like think he's the worst. Okay. So there's I guess that's one a Ed Sheeran lo- song that I really like. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember what it's called. Mm-hmm. That's how much I like it. That's how much I like Ed Sheeran. <laughs> that's how much I just, my, be- my biggest beef with Ed Sheeran is that everybody thinks he's like super talented. And I, I, and he's not. Is I don't that think that he's say? not talented. He's a better musician than I am. Yeah. I just don't think what he does is super unique. Like acoustic pop, you mean? Yeah. Like or that, there's nothing interesting. Music has to be interesting to me. And mm. I, I'm just saying, I'm not making a statement on whether or not music is or isn't interesting. Like whether or not you can make a song that is more or less interesting. But like it has to be interesting to me. Like, I have to find some value in that or something that's more than just, like, so background noise. So do you noise. not like, um, do you not like music or bands that are, like, objectively kind of generic, but they just do their craft really, really well? Like, give me an, give me an example. I'll give you an example. Uh, I would say uh, my, probably my favorite band right now that I can think of is wage war. Okay. I don't think they do anything particularly unique or interesting in their music. I just think they do it better than everyone else. Okay. Would that not, it does that not like meet your criteria? No, I think I agree with that, but I think that the fact that they do it better than anybody else is interesting. Mm -hmm. Like if you have somebody who's like, Oh, this is the style that we have. Yeah. And we just do that really, really good. I think that's fine, but there has mm-hmm. to be something in- inherently interesting about that. Okay. So the fact that they would be at, like better than everybody else is interesting to me. Like, yeah. what makes them better than everybody else? Why this? Why this sound make brain go burr better yeah. than everybody else? <laughs> I get that. I can respect that. Uh, that's fair. And I do like Wage War. Mm-hmm. I don't think that they're exceptionally. Like, this is the thing is, like, with music, that's so subjective. Like, mm-hmm. you think that they do it better than everybody else. I know bands yeah. that are in the exact same genre where I think that they do it much better than everybody. Name one. No, I'm kidding. I can uh, off the top of my head, but... <laughs> Dude, uh, you should have come to their uh, acoustic concert. That's not... T- okay. Yeah. Pretty great. Anyways. That is not to say that, like, when you say stuff <clears throat> like that... Like, when I make statements like this, I'm not making statements about them. Mm-hmm. Like, because this is, like, it's art, right? Yeah. Music is part of art. Right. And so there's always an element of subjectivity to art. Mm-hmm. Like, I do think that some things are objectively beautiful. Yeah. Uh, but like the idea of music as a big picture is like objectively beautiful. Like yeah. the fact that we have music is beautiful. Um, but I don't think that that makes every single instance of music. People's individual enjoyment of music is very subjective. Yeah. So you can individually enjoy something that might objectively not be very good music or not be very good art. But if it means a lot to you, then that's like, it's a good thing. Yeah. If you find meaning in that for the most part, like there are, there are negative meanings in things and you can definitely walk away from it uh, Mm -hmm. with a bad experience or experience that's more negative. So I'm not saying across the board that all of it's good. Yeah. So I'm not, but I'm also not saying that all of it's bad or that these people are bad at their craft. So just understand the element of subjectivity going into this conversation. That's all I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Who's your favorite band right now? Uh, Wolves at the Gate. I knew that. <clears throat> well, you we're on a podcast now. A uh, and yeah. they are very similar genre mm-hmm. to Wage War. It's just that their lyrics are explicitly gospel-centric. Mm-hmm. And most of the songs that they write are about that. Mm-hmm. And I've just never heard anybody like as passionately, yeah, like be dedicated to writing like exclusively music about the Christian experience and the gospel as 
this band and they do it super well and they're not really confined to the same like yeah and that impacts you deeply it impacts me so deeply because you 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 gotta find the bands especially like the the bands where they're full of christ followers where they're writing music specifically about like this thing that they love Mm-hmm. And you listen to it over and over again, and then you find you listen to it for like the ninth time, yeah. and you're like, "Oh, I loved this song already, but there was something different about it that kind of spoke to me in a way that was different that I had never even considered about." There's mm-hmm. been quite a few bands that have been able to do that over the course of my life, and those are the ones that I've sort of hold on to over the years are the ones mm-hmm. that make me feel and think about things that are different than when I first listened to them yeah. because there's, and that's what I mean by interesting is like, there's plenty of bands where you listen to it and you get the, ge- every single one of Ed Sheeran's songs and even Adele's songs, like I listen to and I get the gist and that's fine. But there's bands where you listen to them and like on the ninth or 10th time you get something completely different. That's what I mean by interesting mm-hmm. or you can tune into different aspects of the song and hear something that you've never heard before. Yeah. That's what I think. Let's talk about worship. <laughs> Segway. Segway. Uh, yeah, I agree with everything you just said. Sweet. I think I'm glad because uh, it wasn't controversial. <laughs> <laughs> Would you say that when you listen to Wolves at the Gate and they're very gospel centered, <laughs> and you are overcome with emotion and uh, that gospel influence, is that worship? Are you worshiping? Yeah, I think so. I I define worship very broadly. Mm-hmm. But I, I with some room for nuance. So, um, in terms of worship, worship is anything that you think, do, or say that brings honor or glory to God. Um, and I think that that is very broad. Like it, I'm, I'm not just talking about singing or even like there doesn't have to be a music aspect to worship. Like you and I having a good conversation about you know something that was meaningful or impactful to us or some sort of aspect of our spiritual relationship with God. That's worship because we're building each other up or we're challenging each other or whatever you want to call it or service serving somebody or, you know, being taking part in the church service, like all of those things, discipleship, those are all acts of worship. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also think that there's a discipline aspect to worship where in some sense uh, you can help or hinder worship, right? But in some sense, your worship to God is about you and your relationship with him. And you can do that regardless of your circumstances. Like you can worship as a discipline, regardless of your circumstances. That's when we talk about music on a Sunday morning. I think that that's generally uh, people are sort of under the misconception that the music has to be a certain way. That's not a very like hot topic because the church has been arguing about what music should be for years, forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just think that it matters less about the style and the type of music, and it matters more about how you're orienting yourself towards God. Like, there's a lot of songs that we sing, you know, in our Christian culture that I don't care for. Like, I would never listen to these songs, like, aside from on a Sunday service. But it's not about whether or not I enjoy the song or enjoy the music. It's about my posture to God and, like, how I'm disciplining myself to focus wholly on him and and worship him in that moment for who he is. So that's just my semi-hot take, I guess, about worship. I don't even know if that's a hot take. I think I would agree i think worship is just a focused state of being and i think that humans are worshiping pretty constantly i'm not going to say like all the time like 100 percent of the time you're worshiping but humans i think part of uh our created purpose is worship so we tend to do it a lot uh and so the point is not like the point is in my mind um worship is not something that can only uniquely be ascribed to God, but it's something that we should only uniquely ascribe to God. Um, I just realized that Zipper was sitting like right <laughs> directly in front of the camera for I don't know how long. He's a good model. He's <laughs> uh, like, do people really want to like tune in and just stare at your cat for like an hour? <laughs> honestly, man, might get more clicks that way. But Maybe. cat uh, cam, we need a cat cam. <laughs> uh. So worship is something that you do and you should choose to do it in uh, you should choose to do it focused on God and not focused on other things. So I would agree. And I think uh, worship is a lot more than just music and singing. 
Um, I think there are a lot of things that are worship and a lot of things that can be worship. And I think even even if we're going to take a pretty narrow view of worship, if uh, we think of it as something like you do on a Sunday morning, I think there's a lot more to the worship portion of church than just, than singing, just yeah. singing songs. Uh, for example, I think tithing is an act of worship yeah, and for sure. you should you should do it as an act of worship uh uh on sundays uh i would also include communion yep. i think is a pretty huge act of worship that you should be doing on sundays so it's not just singing songs with i i even think you know at our church um i talk about this a lot with our pastor being what we would call an expositional listener so like you preach expositional sermons like you exposit the word but you also have to be an attentive listener because in theory you're listening to what God has placed on you know the pastor or the speaker's heart mm-hmm. um, and so even like listening to the sermon like setting aside a dedicated time to just like listen to somebody talk about God's word or the wisdom that God has given them that's an act of worship too um, in my opinion I don't know if that's controversial or not um, but I also think that just gathering together like a fellowship and community um, centered around Christ um, with the express purpose of on a Sunday morning, recognizing who God is and what he's done. Um, I think that's an act of worship. And even if we're just meeting together in on a Sunday morning, but we're not like necessarily talking about scripture or God, like we're still fellowshipping together. We're encouraging each other. Um, I think that's an act of worship too, um, because you wouldn't be doing that if it wasn't for like what God has done for you. Um, so any sort of response to God for what he's done, I think is a, an act of worship too yeah absolutely i agree i don't know if i've ever um actively thought about active listening as being part of worship but i don't uh disagree with it i think cool thanks yeah. <laughs> uh and right off the bat we've alienated a lot of our audience uh because we cl- very clearly don't adhere to the regulative regulative principle uh, uh what is that joe what is the do you know principle? what that is or are you no, asking I've, for everybody yeah else? i'm genuinely asking so the regulative principle is that god has ordained specific ways that he ought to be worshipped which is true um well i mean i say ordained i don't know what language you'd be more comfortable with but do you like ordained is I'm that okay for you ordained yeah, okay perfect <laughs> lovely uh god has ordained specific ways that he ought to be worshipped and they're all outlined in scripture and so if you do any Anything that deviates from that is not worship. Um, so you would have to, you know, just do things as they are talked about in scripture. Um, and so, yeah, mm. I know people that, you know, very strongly believe this and that's fine. Um, if you believe that, I think that we can include more than that because we're created for like a unique relationship with God. And so I think that that's very limited, uh, and I very clearly think that, you know, preaching the gospel and discipleship are also acts of worship to God because they're things that he's commanded, but not just because they're outlined in scripture, but because like you're doing them with a posture and a heart that's sort of focused on God. Um, so I wanted to get that out of the way pretty yeah. quick and early on, because I know that some people are going to be super finicky when I say that anything can be an act of worship as long as, long as your heart is in the right place and you're doing it for God. Um but I've seen that sort of go haywire, uh, and I think you you would be discounting a lot if you adhere to only the regulative principle. Um, yeah, so. I guess uh, I'm Pentecostal, so that is like not a hot take <laughs> at all to me. Uh, like, I had uh, people growing up in my church growing up who would like wave flags and stuff during worship and just yeah. like full on dancing, which we can we can talk about all the nuances surrounding that. Um, but yeah, that's really interesting. Is it like part of a specific denomination or movement or um I think generally gen generally it's more ref- of a reformed um understanding of worship. Mm-hmm. So I've encountered it in some Lutheran and Presbyterian uh more focused denominations, not to call anybody out. Like if that's what you believe, if you can stay consistent with that like that's fine. I just don't find that to be very consistent with like experience, like because there's plenty of things that I do be- that I do for God that aren't like 
explicitly talked about in scripture. So yeah. we can go back to previous or future conversations on like, like how we understand like our experience in scripture and how all those things relate together. But I don't, yeah, I don't have a problem with calling things like that worship that aren't specifically outlined in scripture, as long as you do them with the right heart posture. Mm -hmm. And I would like to know, uh, I'm sure we've done it already. I'm sure we will do it a lot more before uh, this podcast is, these podcasts are over. Um, we are going to talk about specific denominations and specific denominational beliefs, and we will likely criticize certain denominations <laughs> and certain denominational beliefs. Uh, if you are a part of that denomination, that is fine. Please do not take it as a personal attack on you because it's not. I have friends in pretty much every denomination whom I love very dearly, and I don't question their sincerity or their dedication to their faith. So I'm not saying uh, when we talk about this stuff, I'm it, it is not like a personal attack yeah. on and you, know, you and what you believe. I think that that you and me sitting here having this conversation is a good example of that because I don't know if this has come across or not. If you know Jordan and me, it it's, you know, this already, but like we disagree on lots of theological topics. In fact, it would probably be super, we agree on a lot of stuff on the podcast because a lot of it's application stuff, which is great because we land in the same place with how we ought to live our lives. I think, mm -hmm. um, in light of the gospel, but I think that we disagree on just about every, like, secondary major aspect of christianity yeah um and so i think the fact that just know if you're offended that there's going to be times where we had jordan and i have conversations where we're like really disagreeing with each other like fundamentally so like the fact that we can have conversations and still be really good friends at the end of the day is like if we can do that i'm not trying to be a jerk we all can do that yeah uh so just God is good. Yeah. And we can have grace because we're given grace. Amen. So, and I'm not trying to attack anybody. It's not personal. These, I understand that these ideas are deeply entrenched in what a lot of people believe. That's fine. Mm -hmm. As long as it's not heresy. Yeah. You know, and I again, just don't have to believe that. <laughs> again, if we say something that is mean or tone deaf or not uh, edifying to the body, even if it's talking about like a denomination that we don't agree with, please call us out on it so we can apologize for it and move forward because yeah. that is just never it is not never our intention to hurt people in any way mm. um except each other except each other. <laughs> yeah. i'm just kidding just emotionally <laughs> just emotional damage <laughs> <laughs> uh christian music joe do you want to talk about christian music now that we've gotten all the all the um the worshipy stuff the worshipy stuff out the of worshipy the worshipy stuff um <laughs> Well, I guess the elephant in the room is like, is Christian music a misnomer? <laughs> yeah. Because uh, so, like God is obviously like the creator of music because God's the creator of everything. Um, there's music in heaven, right? Mm -hmm. Like right now, God's being praised in yeah. heaven. Um, so it's something that's super spiritual. Creation cries out and worships God. It says in the Psalms, like the stars sing to God. Um, so you know metaphorical literal doesn't matter like the idea is that god has like created music he is to be worshiped like uh this is something that comes from god so i would say honestly rather than saying music isn't christian i would say inherently all music is christian um whether it's worshipful or not or whether it's a a, a deviation of what god would call good um all music is inherently christian because all music is created by god in some sense right so i mean we can get into that. We can get into that. <laughs> but like to sing is inherently, you know, a God concept, right? Um, God has created it and called it good, I think. So um, I think that all all music is inherently what we would call like God-centered. Uh, whether or not it's good or bad is the issue. Whether or not it's good or bad worship is the issue because we can dilute that and distort that because of sin and worship things that aren't God or, you know, orient ourselves towards things that aren't good. Um, so mm -hmm. I don't know. That's kind of a hot take. I didn't realize that that yeah. was a hot take, but I don't know. I kind of 
okay well so i uh i agree with you the music comes from god uh obviously i think i think i would take it in the other end or the other direction that like i i don't know if i would call all music christian i would probably sure. say that all music is not christian like music is just music and music comes from mm-hmm. god and we like a common grace kind of thing yeah and we worship with music and there is music that is written about and focused on god but that doesn't like inherently make i don't know it's just kind of kind of a weird terminology and i don't know if there's like a right way to yeah i mean i'm okay with that if you want to say it that way i think maybe that's a better way to say it is that i think that all music is an aspect of common grace that comes from god Mm -hmm. um and so you can use that to worship god or you can use that to worship things that aren't yeah. that aren't god mm-hmm. um but or you can write some really meaningful things that aren't god that speak to the human existence but god has still created that medium for you to be able to do that thing so that's inherently from god too i think yeah which is um interesting i know uh neither of us are like this but i have met a lot of people who think that if music is not christian if it's not inherently christian then we should not listen to it at yeah. all, period. Which I understand the thought process behind that. I just yeah. disagree with it. <laughs> well, I think it comes from a good place. I yeah. think it comes from the place of, you know, the sort of garbage in, garbage out mentality that I think was really popular when you and I were growing up, but maybe less so now. Mm-hmm. Um, what you put into your mind and what you choose to spend your time on and what you listen to, like things like that matters. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you want to be wholly focused on as much as you can be focused on, you know, worshiping God and focused on him and the things that he said. Um, so I think that that's a, comes from a good place. I think the problem with that is when you take that to the extreme and you say that um, you have to constantly be, uh, singing about this or you can't listen to any music whatsoever. It's like, well, who gets to decide what is good and what isn't? Who gets to decide what's more or less God-focused? Who gets to decide? And don't get me wrong, there's some mu- songs that are obviously like worship songs. I just think like we're created to be creative um, and we're created to be able to create art, to build, to create these beautiful things. That's a God-given ability and so sometimes we think sing things that are about or write things or create things that are about, you know, part of the human experience that aren't explicitly focused on God. And I think that that's beautiful. Um, I just I don't have a lot of time for the idea that it has to be this way. Uh, the problem is, is like who gets to determine what way it has to be. And like that's I've said this before on the podcast. That's always where I land on this is like who gets to decide like what is better than something else? Because especially when we're talking about art, like that's a completely subjective mm-hmm. idea. Yeah. Yeah, so, definitely. I'm sorry. I went off a little bit. No, I enjoy it. Uh, yeah, I think um, I've had very... I don't know if I would say like spiritual experiences with non-Christian music. I would say I have had very, um, very character building experiences with non-Christian music and very formulative Mm -hmm. uh, experiences. And so I've, I've heard songs that have inspired me to be a better person that were not explicitly about God, but in inspiring me to be a better person, they still point to God. Yeah. So, or I mean like songs that like wrestle with faith mm-hmm. um, and like you listen to it and it's about this person wrestling with what faith is and maybe they're not a Christian, but you can still relate to it because some ideas in are universal across doesn't matter what you believe mm-hmm. at, through common grace, like some ideas and things like that are universal, um, but it still speaks to you in a meaningful way. And I think that that's okay. Mm-hmm. My theology is big, big enough or broad enough to accumulate ideas like that and be okay with it and not feel like I have to change it um, to make it fit better with my understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Which is in my background and experience is not an idea that was always accepted. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like you had to listen to this type of music or and all other types of music were bad. Yeah. Um, that's sort of where I come from in my background. So, I had to do a lot of 
you know, soul searching and thinking about those ideas and sort of trying to decide for myself based off of scripture, um, is this okay? And I think it is. A lot of scripture is just music. Like the Psalms, we have an entire, one of the longest books in the Bible is just music. And it's mm-hmm. like, but we don't know what it sounded like. Yeah. It's like, it's there. We know that God likes this, but he doesn't have a prescription for what it needs to sound or look like. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think that uh, we need to be able to recognize that some things are helpful, even if they're not the way that we want them to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say that for myself too, not just like I recognize that there's things that I don't like that other people have had meaningful experiences for. Um, and I think that, that that's okay because we're not all the same. Mm-hmm. But I do think I will say this: if you call, if you're going to make the statement we're a Christian band, you immediately set yourself up to a standard, yeah, that you are going to adhere to, and it's really a moral standard. Like this is what we do, this is how we're going to act, and I think that if you're going to do that, you need to do your best to make music that is reflective of your relationship with God and His character. And so that's a huge standard to set on yourself. Um, and so if you're going to say that and you're going to do this, then you have to have a quality of character that matches up with that, with what God has called Christians to be. Um, yeah. So. I think I uh, would, I think it would be better if bands stopped referring themselves as christian or non-christian altogether i think if you are a worship band and you make a worship band that's fine um i think there's a specific place for that and if you want to be a musician who has a worship band and and makes worship music i think that's a good thing obviously i'm not discouraging people from being uh worship bands i think if you are not specifically like focusing on worship music you don't need to label yourself in a way that is likely not going to end well in some in some scenario like like you were just saying if you label yourself a christian band and then you don't meet the mark at any point uh people are going to notice that and it is going to reflect poorly on the christian community mm-hmm. i kind of wish bands would just like even if they are quote unquote Christian bands, I just kind of wish they would be like, yeah, we're just a band. And a lot of our music is about God because we write music about what's important to us. And so a lot of it happens to be about I mean, God. There are bands that do that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that a lot of labels and stuff like that, we like to have categories just like as people. Um, and a lot of stuff like that is like the audience is putting a label on this. Mm-hmm. And the problem is that everybody has a different understanding of what this thing should be. <laughs> and so if it doesn't meet this standard of quality uh, or this standard of morality, then immediately like it has to, like it's wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. Or it messes with something. So again, like who gets to set the standard of like what this means if you're going to call yourself this and I just think that it's just setting yourself up for failure if that's something that you do. And I understand that people put things like that on bands and stuff like that. And I've Googled, is this band a Christian band before, right? So sure. it's like, oh, there's faith lyrics here. It's like, oh, maybe they're, like, they're believers. That's awesome. Um, but at the same time, there's definitely bands where like they are Christian bands and they sing about the gospel and Christ and scripture and their character does match up with like very clearly and their beliefs do match up with the things that they sing about. The problem is, is that we like to set things like this up on a pedestal and say, this is how this thing ought to be. And surprise, surprise, humans are still sinful even when they are believers. Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't meet that standard that we have set and, immediately we like to think that it's wrong it, um yeah but we should be more graceful i think mm-hmm. unless it's like outright open rebellion against god and his character do you want to talk about uh hymns yeah what do you hymns are great hymns are great i love i love the I idea love of a hymn book especially i love the idea that the church was so passionate that they all needed to sing together that we came up with books that sit in churches mm-hmm. uh, 
but that has nothing to do with the content <laughs> of the books. I just like the idea of like, oh, we we have to do this thing, so yeah, like we'll do it well. I think I uh, hate how a lot of like uh, a lot of like invitational churches who are focused on getting people and getting young people and like the whole young non-denom culture. I don't Ooh. necessarily have a problem with any of that. I just wish more churches would keep hymns in their service. Mm -hmm. I think it's an absolute shame for churches not to participate in the tradition of hymns, of hymnals. Yeah. I think it's abysmal. I love hymns. I love how... You're, Jordan, we can, you're only saying that because you like hymns yourself. <laughs> uh, Experience influences theology. True. But... I appreciate how theologically rich and deep hymns are, and I feel like a lot, not all, not all, a lot of modern worship music is just not good and not <laughs> theologically compelling in any way whatsoever. Uh, I think that... There's a lot of hymns that aren't theologically compelling. That's true. I should specify. And a he lot of walks things. with me and he talks with me and he you tells think that's me. That's theologically compelling. I don't. <laughs> I think, uh, another, I'm sorry I think, if that's your favorite hymn. <laughs> I, I greatly apologize. I don't get anything out of that. It's we, not always about me, though. I didn't bring this up when we were talking about um, uh, when we were talking about worship, but I think worship and specifically worship music is a form of teaching. It is instructional yeah. for a congregation. And so you should try and play worship music that is theologically consistent and instructional. Not every song has to be like super deep and meaningful, uh, but there should be something there. There should be like yeah. some good message that you're. Well, I mean, it's just a fact that you know, name the past, name five sermons that you heard the past year. Like you probably couldn't in much detail. Maybe you yeah. could because you care about things like that. Um, because we're very critical people. Joe, but like, you don't have every sermon. No, I don't. Like, and sometimes, like, I'll not even remember it on Monday. And I know that most people are like that too. But you'll remember music and songs that you've talked and sang before. And chances mm -hmm. are, you're not going to preach the same sermon twice in the span of a year. But you'll probably sing, you know, the same songs. So they should. My. Help um, you understand something. I'm what I'm trying to say, Jordan, is yes, I agree. My uh, maybe not as strongly, but yes. One of my good friends, whom uh, I would love to, if we can ever start having guests, I would love to get him on as a guest. Uh, but he once uh, he calls not like bad Christian music. Jesus is my boyfriend music, mm -hmm. and the uh, measurement there is that if you can. If you have a worship song and if you replace every reference to God uh, and switch it with making it a reference to a boy or a girl, whoever, non-gendered, um, and it, if that song still makes sense, that is a bad worship song. And there is so much worship music today that is absolutely Jesus is my boyfriend music. And it is a crying shame. And I think we but should do a better you're a job. sloppy wet kiss guy. I am a sloppy wet kiss. <laughs> yeah. Because I think that's theologically impactful. Anyways. <laughs> I think unforeseen is more theologically impactful. We're arguing semantics. We both agree. This is not semantics. These we are two different agree. meanings. We both agree that it should be theologically impactful. Sure. Though. Yeah. And uh, not to call out anybody like Hillsong and Bethel. I would <laughs> never do that. They just don't make good worship music. Uh, I don't know that that's universally true. I think there's some. Sure. They, they're pretty good. They have fine songs. I don't like generalizations. You should know that about me. Yeah. If you didn't know, <laughs> but I like the Jesus of my boyfriend music is pretty common. Um, I think, you know, sometimes we're trying to write music that is, you know, compelling. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that turns off a lot of people to the church is that we sing about Jesus like he is my boyfriend. And don't get me wrong. Love is good. Like God is love. We love Jesus. Jesus loves us. Um, 
but I think that a lot of times there's more meaningful things that we can say aside from that, not just that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we're made to be creative. Christians should create good art. Mm-hmm. Like, if that's the most meaningful thing that you can say about Jesus, like, you need to spend some more time, like, reflecting on God and his character and reading scripture. Yeah. I just think that's real. I'm not trying to be a tool. Like, I understand. Like, you also want to sing songs that everybody can sing as a congregation, and you want to sing songs that people are going to remember, and people remember simpler songs. Mm -hmm. That's reality. And yeah. so I, I live in that reality too. I, you know, take part in our church service and, and it happens, but we can, we can, we can make it a little bit more meaningful. I think than I also we do. Uh, have a bone to pick with not all worship music. Again, uh, I'm not going to make a huge generalization. I don't like if a, most of your worship music is focused on you and not focused on God on a Sunday morning. Yeah. Because I get like, you know, there are, I can't think of any right now, but there are songs that are just like, you are a conqueror. You can overcome this thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I, th I think there is a place for that sometimes. Like some people spiritually need to hear that song and sing that song. N that should not make up the majority of your Sunday morning worship. I think the majority of your Sunday morning worship should be focused on God and who God is and God's character. And actually, you know, like, he should be the focus of your attention. I don't like that a lot of a uh, big trend in worship music now is it's so, like, self-centered and self-focused and egotistical. Yeah. My... <laughs> Our pastor uh, calls that cat theology versus dog theology. Mm-hmm. Uh, he got that from somewhere, so I apologize if that's a stealing thing. But he says cat theology is self-focused and dog theology is other-focused. Mm -hmm. And so, like, we have to be focused wholly on God when we worship and, and not ourselves. And sometimes that means praising God for the things that he's removed from your life or the ways that he's grown you. Sure. I would just rather sing about God than myself, to be honest with you. Yeah. That's just a personal preference, but I think it's a good thing to have. So, yes, mm -hmm. I agree. Joe? Yes, sir. Why is metal the highest form of <laughs> Christian music? What you music? don't know is I snuck this into our notes. <laughs> uh, I like the passion behind metal music, and it's my favorite genre of music. And mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sorry, Mom. Um, and I think that if you're going to say something about God, it's worth saying passionately. And I think metal lends itself more to that because you can half-heartedly sing a lot of worship music. But like, if you're out there and you're singing Christian metal and it's also like God-centered... Like that's you take you're going to sing this thing. If you go on concert, you're going to sing this song like a lot. Mm -hmm. So I think it's cool if what you want to sing is like intense, passionate, and it's wholly God focused. Like, I think that that's awesome. And I think that that is mm -hmm. honestly, for me personally, a more meaningful form of worship than a lot of the stuff we sing on a Sunday morning, because like, it's just passionately focused on god like there's no pretending yeah at least for me personally when i listen to it like i would not listen to this if it if i felt like it was pretending to be something that it wasn't it's so authentic you can say that i hate that terminology I, uh, but it's true <laughs> jordan and um, what terminology do you like uh i like accurate good terminology. I'm, and this is like totally my opinion i'm not uh, when i say why is metal christian metal the highest form of christian music worship you're not I, saying it's, objectively it's like super tongue-in-cheek like i really like have like meaningful experiences through listening to music that is very hard yeah and heavy and i think that sometimes we discount things as bad because they're not the way that we like them mm -hmm. it's a sacred cow for some people yeah and i think that it doesn't need to be yeah. like if I can sit in my car and drive places and listen to Christian metal music and it brings me closer to God in a relationship with him, then that's a good thing. And you can say that across the board. I understand it. There's some songs that I would hate and say are the worst possible theological songs and somebody can listen to and say, oh, I relate to God in this way. That's awesome. And I think that that's good. That's an aspect of like we were talking about music from God, common grace. You're able to do that. I'm not saying that you shouldn't be able to do that. I'm just saying that this is more meaningful to me. And I think that there's value in that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
I agree. I um, I don't know if I'd say metal exclusively. I think rock and because uh, I listen to a lot of rock metal and uh, a lot of punk. You big skillet guy. Um, I was when I was a kid. Uh, I don't. <laughs> we all were. Kind of mean. I don't have anything against skillet. I, I think. Yeah. Uh, I think they're a fine band. Uh, a fine young band, up yeah. and coming. Because a lot of people, you know, some bands you listen to when you're a kid and then you grow up and you're like, oh, these guys actually suck. I don't think Skillet sucks. I don't think they're bad at all. I think no, I think they're they quite make good, good music. Yes. Um, I just don't personally listen to them a lot anymore. But um, yeah, I agree. I think uh, one of the reasons I love it so much is because it's so passionate and unregulated and uh, raw and authentic. Uh, which yeah. I just don't get. Like, I understand you can be completely authentic and sing pop and be a pop artist. Sure. I get that totally. Uh, I think it's a lot more rare than it is with rock artists. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, there, there's... Oh, man. This is just so, like, in the weeds for me. But just, like, the idea that you can have music that's super intense. Like, if we're talking about, like, scream vocals and then clean vocals... That's just like so much. It speaks to me about the character of God in such a unique way to just be like, oh, there's this intense passion. And then it's sort of followed by this calm of like God is intense and he's beautiful and wonderful. And yet he chooses to like speak to us in ways that we can understand. And that's beautiful to me. Like God is the whisper, right? The still small, quiet voice. And he's also the fire on the mountaintop, right? Like, that's beautiful. And I think that that gets communicated to me when I listen to Christian metal music. And I won't apologize for that. That's all I'm trying to say. That'll preach. That'll preach. That'll preach. Praise up. Uh, do you want to talk about uh, King's Kaleidoscope? <laughs> you just straight up named the band. <laughs> I don't really care to talk about King's Kaleidoscope. I like King's Kaleidoscope a lot. Um we just yeah, keep name dropping, man. man. Do we, are, we, are we, we good to name, name drop? Bands. Can we name what drop are they a band? Do sue us for having opinions. <laughs> uh, the I guess the that was the hot topic that everybody seems to have forgotten about. They have a song. They have a song and they curse in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're a Christian band. I don't think that anybody would say that King's Kaleidoscope isn't a Christian band. Maybe they would say that they're a band and they also write Christian music. Whatever distinction you want to make. But the the reality of it is is that they've been labeled whether it's by them or by other people. Um, and they have a song where they curse. Um, and I know a little bit of the story behind it. Do you know about it? Um, very vaguely. Okay. So the song is called A Prayer. And it's about... I'm just, I apologize to anybody from King's Kaleidoscope who's listening. I like you guys a lot. I think you're super cool. Uh, I'm going to explain what I think this song is about and what I've read about what you guys have said about it so please grace uh the song is a prayer that the lead singer wrote um and it's sort of about him processing like his own personal struggles and his fear and all the things that he's been through um and basically they they drop a couple of curse words because that was his actual prayer when he was praying to god he was like this is so terrible like and still like it's just honest right um, whether that's good or bad, whether we ought to talk to God like that is a question, but it's not directed to God. Like he's not cursing God. Like he's saying he's cursing in regard to like his situation. Okay. If that makes sense. Um, but essentially it's just his prayer and his processing. And he was like, this would make a good song. And so they wrote it down and he actually sings, you know, the curse word during the song. So yeah, very authentic. I think it's authentic. I think it's raw. I think it's super meaningful to him. The question is, ought he to do that when his audience is exclusively, like, not exclusively, because I know people who aren't Christian who still like King's Kaleidoscope, um, when his audience is mostly Christian. Mm -hmm. And I guess this feeds into uh, maybe a slightly bigger conversation on swearing, which uh, I would love to have at some point. Oh, I don't want to have that conversation. No. Let's not talk about that. You're going to make your mom ashamed. We can have it right now. <laughs> I'm not going to um, make my mom ashamed. I just... I 
don't think that swearing is inherently sinful or bad in okay. any way. So we're just going to have this conversation right now. Yeah. Well, it, it has, it, I mean, <laughs> we're talking about a Christian song with a swearing. And I feel like we kind of okay. got to cover, cool. cover some ground here. Um, yeah, I don't think it's inherently wrong or sinful in any way. So I don't, I think it was better for him to be authentic and include the lyric, uh, and include his real prayer that he really said than it would be to like edit it out because he was afraid of what people might think listening mm -hmm. to the song. Um, I think that's way more real and authentic. You have so many hymns that uh, are very depressing and angry and horrible. And David full on like screams at God mm -hmm. in some in some of the Psalms. Uh, but he doesn't curse at God. He does not. Neither is the guy in King's Kaleidoscope. Correct. I don't think. Uh, so I think there is room in music, and there has to be room in music for big feelings, even if those big feelings are negative. Um, I think God God allows for that. God leaves room for that. Because, again, a huge number of the Psalms are, are very, very negative. I forget the exact terminology for them. Um uh, oh yes uh and they they are inherently negative there is like no spot of sunshine in them mm -hmm. and they are scripture they are god breathed mm -hmm. scripture so i think god Amen. allows for that praise up and uh we don't have to go over swearing too much if you don't want to but i just don't think it's inherently sinful to swear i don't think it's inherently sinful i think that it's sort of, I think I agree about swearing, okay? But whether or not the format is a time or a place to be able to do that. Like, I think swearing is sort of an indicator of where your heart is at mm -hmm. and where you need to be, like, focusing your growth. Like, if you're willing to say these things to somebody that you know are going to demean or hurt them or are aligning yourself with the culture in a specific way that isn't healthy. I think you need to think about that before. I think that, and this goes for me too. We, we all need to think about things a little bit more before we say them. I understand. Actually, I need to think about things more before I say them, but that's just something that I've been learning. Um, but I think it's important to consider. I don't think it's always as cut and dry as like this is or isn't sin. I don't think that's the right question. I think the question is like, is this going to be beneficial to the people who hear it? Yeah. Um, and I'd act, I would argue in the song, it's more important to be beneficial to your listeners than mm -hmm. it is to be authentic. Do you have uh, opinions on Paul swearing? And um, I would argue, I know some people push back against this. Uh, I would argue Jesus swears. In the New Testament, do you have any opinions on that? Yeah, I'm not familiar with the Jesus example. Like, what are you saying is a swear? You brood um, of vipers? No, that's John. No, Jesus calls the Pharisees a brood of vipers too. Does he? Yep. Okay, cool. Yeah, and that, I don't have the Bible memorized. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I know some people push back against that as not swearing, but I think contextually that is like one of the most heinous, yeah. offensive things you can say to someone. So I guess it, it like it depends on how you. Yeah, swearing, basically he's calling them just Satan, like, right? Yeah. Like Satan, like the illegitimate sons of Satan, yeah. which is even worse in that culture. So it's like actually the worst thing you can possibly say to somebody and super rude and, and awful. It's not kind. Um, it's definitely not kind. So I would say that is very much equivalent to swearing today uh, and cussing someone out. In fact, in in a lot of ways, what Jesus did was way worse than just like cussing somebody out. I he agree. like attacks yeah. their very character. So, uh, and then the more well-known example, obviously, is Paul. Um, I forget the specific Greek word he uses, but when he is talking about how uh, all things are rubbish to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that yep. is. I remember. I'm very memories in the back of my head explicitly used. Uh, in other Greek sources, it is well known and understood that uh, that is a naughty word. That is a swear. <laughs> Paul, you potty mouth. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, I don't. I mean, we, you could talk about regulative or not regulative uh, 
prescriptive versus normative. Mm-hmm. If that's the way I'm thinking of something wrong, like is something meant to be emulated? Cause there's plenty of things in scriptures that scripture that aren't like necessarily meant to be emulated versus descriptive. Yes. Thank you. Prescriptive versus descriptive. Oh my gosh. I don't, I, and I think a lot of scripture we take to be prescriptive and it's not necessarily. Um, Mm -hmm. so, or it's just descriptive of what's happening. And I understand that that's a little bit of a slippery slope because who gets to decide what is and what isn't prescriptive and descriptive. Um, but I just depends on the setting, man. I don't, I'm not ready to say that swearing and cursing is, always in every single instance forever and ever a sin but i think that more often than not it probably comes from a place of not trying to you know uplift people or be encouraging to people and it comes from a place of like anger or it comes from a place of like uh i could have just said something different but i didn't want to because i was living in the moment and i don't think that that's ever really like a good thing to do yeah um i think you have to think about what you're going to say and once you say things like it says in james like once you say something it's out there you can't take it back like there's no taking it back there's no there's really no saying oh i didn't mean that like and i want to do my i do my best in my life to be clearly understood and to communicate well and i think that that just is a needless distraction more often than not in my communication process and i wouldn't I wouldn't want to do that in every single setting. Yeah. I think a better thing to focus on is, uh, do you have self-control and are you being kind to others? Uh, cause I think that's really what swearing gets wrapped up in. You swear because you lack self-control in a given situation, or you swear because you were trying to hurt someone or be mean. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you have, if you focus on having self-control and being kind, then, I don't think you have to worry about it, but, but that's uh, not what the song is. That's not what the song, the song is. is, is about being authentic. And yeah. I, I guess I land a little bit more to the side of like, that's probably not a really good idea. And it isn't because I think that you're sinning. It's because I think that you're calling into question in people's minds intentionally, like how they view you and how they view your character. And, there are some things where it's like, do, do you really need to do that? Maybe you have to do that to be authentic to yourself for the art form, which is fine. But people are going to listen to this and people are going to say it's okay for your kids to listen to this because we know this is good. And I'm not saying whether or not that's right or wrong, but you're putting out there an image that not everybody's super comfortable with. And maybe you're losing people that you could have been more uplifting to because you did something like this. And I just don't think that that's the best thing to do. I think you're needlessly destroying your character to some people and making it so that you cannot speak into their life in a meaningful way. And I think that that's not something that we should be doing as Christians and believers. Like we should want to make more opportunities to be able to speak into people's lives in a meaningful way. And I think that you shouldn't actively do something that you know is going to destroy that from happening, especially because we're called to preach the gospel and disciple. Well, it is, it's the concept of I become all things to all men. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't, uh, I guess it, it, you have to pick and choose your battles and where you land on this and like how far you're willing to go. Because obviously when, when Paul said, said that he didn't mean that you like actually become all things to all men. Right. Right. Um, we still live a life that's holy and set apart. But um, I think you just kind of have to determine where you land on that personally. And I think I fall on the other side where I, I appreciate its authenticity. I appreciate him not changing or censoring it. And it is, I mean, it's definitely possible and very likely that um, people heard that song and it damaged his character in a way. And that might hurt his, Uh, his future ministry on the other hand there might have been people who heard that song and heard that swear and uh it spoke to them very deeply in a way that other christian music had not ever spoken to them so i think i would just you know i'm not to uh not to 
kind of do a cop out here or anything but i'm sure the lead singer of king's kaleidoscope i wish i knew this guy's name so i could just he's stop a really cool dude i've listened to interviews with him king's before kaleidoscope guy um i trust that he likely sought god before publishing that song and so um i just i fall on the side of i appreciate him him being authentic and um I'd rather him not compromise his his vision and his artistic integrity because uh, I, I think that's more meaningful yeah. and I think some people need to hear that kind of stuff. I don't want to brush off what you just said about artistic integrity because I think that we're created to be artful. Like it's part of being in God's image is to be able to create and be artful and create expressions like of God and his character and of human experience. And I think that... um it's important and a lot of people don't do that well and that's why we have a beef with some worship music right is because this was just a money grab or jesus is my boyfriend and i'm not saying that that's across the board like there's people out there who do perfectly meaningful things um with the right reasons and i assume because i try to give people the benefit of the doubt like you were saying that he did this prayerfully and considered that and that's on him and it's between him and God, um, and I'm not going to pretend to be the judge of that. I just wouldn't do it personally. Yeah, and I don't think that you should do it personally. Um, but I'm not going to impose that. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> if it was Wolves at the Gate who made that song, would you be? Oh okay my with gosh, <laughs> Wolves at the Gate wouldn't do that based they off of what never. i know of them besides <laughs> uh king's kaleidoscope is a little bit more like uh edgy you know what i'm saying not in style but yeah in content and i'm not saying I that that's so. bad uh, mm-hmm. edgy doesn't mean bad for me it just means yeah. like they a little grittier they want to f- from what i've heard of their music it seems like they're more interested in talking about like uh wrestling with issues of faith and christianity and which for good reason because they come out of mars hill Mm -hmm. um but wolves at the gate is more focused on like just the gospel uh at its core and those are different visions for different bands and art projects and and there's place for both of them yeah yeah for sure and i do know a lot of people who have been greatly impacted by king's kaleidoscope Mm -hmm. like a lot of our friends you know they're really good and they're super talented and skillful uh with their music so they have some killer hymns they do they have have a lot of yeah that come version of come thou found that sits on everybody's like pre-sunday morning loop (laughs) yeah uh and basically i think that that was sort of the stepping stone in music culture for like oh we can do hymns yeah and we can sort of modernize them and they're still meaningful so like that's great and that's something crazy that they've done and i think for a lot of people that uh is like was super groundbreaking and meaningful and is probably stamped on our generation pretty heavily it's mm-hmm. not going anywhere so cool well yeah uh thank you guys so much for tuning in again week after week uh if we you really are appreciate it or if, if you're you a new time listener yeah if you're just like powering through all of these like binge watching them uh I don't know if I could listen to myself talk for that long. Yeah, so if you're binge watching them, thank you. <laughs> God bless. I hope that it was meaningful to you. Yeah. In some way. Absolutely. And uh, we will catch you all next time. See you later.